the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 5. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I was reading something recently where the author was describing two types of Christians. By the way, I generally take with a grain of salt. Um, well, actually, I'm supposed to be low sodium these days, so I should say I take with a grain of Mrs. Dash salt-free seasoning the statements of people who say there are two types of people, uh, because I think those things, even they can be a little bit helpful from a compare and contrast kind of way, but they almost inevitably at some point break down for being overly simplistic. Which reminds me of something else uh, I, I once heard, that is somebody said, uh, there are two types of people. Uh, people who believe there are two types of people and people who don't. Which reminds me of a joke I once heard, uh, there are people, two types of people, those who finish what they start. I'll be here all morning. Which reminds me of another joke I once heard, there are three types of people. Those who can count and those who can't. All right, what's apparently reminds me to get back to the point. Uh, the point being this author who makes the distinction between two types of people. The first being those, he says, who understand Christianity is all about heaven and getting there someday to be with Jesus in that heavenly place he's prepared for us, which one day we will see when we die, and he takes us there. And the second being those who understand Christianity is all about living according to the values and teachings of Jesus here and now in this place, doing what is ours to do to transform this world into the world it is intended by God to be. The author now we start adding labels to the two types, which often becomes even less helpful. The author uh, identifies the first type, the let's all get to heaven someday, because that's the point of it all, Christians as conservative Christians. Conservatives, of course, is a very baggage-laden word these days, so it isn't all that helpful, maybe. The author calls the second type of Christians the let's change this world here and now today, because that's the point of it all, Christians. Uh, progressive Christians, progressive, of course, is also a word that has a lot of baggage these days, and so it maybe likewise isn't all that helpful. I think what is helpful, albeit perhaps um, arrogant, um, is to say that in fact there's only one type of Christian when it comes to actually being the Christian. 
that Jesus lived and died and rose again that we might be. And this one type of Christian I'm talking about cannot be encapsulated or summarized as either conservative Christians or progressive Christians. For what these are, and this might again sound arrogant, I'm talking about people who are actually Christian Christians. Who, knowing all that is ours because Jesus is the Lord of both this life and the next, do cherish the hope that is ours because of the love and mercy and grace of God which have promised to welcome us to heaven someday, but who also one day at a time live their lives here and now being and bringing the love and mercy of God and God's heaven in and to God's world every day. Christianity, when it is the real thing, is not about today or tomorrow. It's about today and tomorrow. It's not about the present or the future. It's about the present and the future. It's not about love or faith. It's about love and faith. And, and we remember this All Saints Sunday. It is not about the church on earth or the church in heaven. It is about the one and only church there is embracing both earth and heaven, encompassing yesterday and today and tomorrow and known and held together as that communion of saints, where here for now on earth imperfectly but also there in heaven, now and forever, absolutely perfectly, Jesus is praised and love reigns. Which takes us to this day that we in the church do call All Saints Sunday. One of my favorite days of the year, increasingly so each year I age. <laughs> I won't tell you what is the first thing you think of, when you hear the word saints, I'm pretty sure, though, that people think of lots of different things when they hear the word saints. I t will tell you that no matter what you think, the Bible's way, most common way to use the word saint isn't to refer to super good people or to refer to people who... Um, who think they most certainly are super good um, compared to other people and who therefore look down their noses while they personally uh, compare themselves to other people. Those are people um, like the man uh, Mark Twain either actually or anecdotally described once as a good man in the worst sense of the word. The Bible is, does not use the word saints when it talks about people like that, but it actually describes people like that and uses the word hypocrites. The Bible's way most common way to use the word saints rather is not to refer to perfect people, but to people people, real people, imperfect people, sinners, to use a word the Bible does use when it's talking about people like, well, like me, for example, whose faith is in the super and gracious goodness of Jesus and his mercy which runs super deeper than our not always so goodness. Our sin. Someone else said it this way, sinners think they're saints. Saints know they are sinners. And what makes us saints nevertheless in the Bible's way of thinking is Jesus and the forgiveness of sin. Saints in the Bible's way most common use of the word don't become saints because they're so good at being good or so good at being better than other people. They become saints because Jesus is so good at forgiving.
It's a thing the Bible is far and away most often saying, most often saying, when it refers to people as saints. They are, like the choir sang, like our second reading described, they are um, singing praises round the throne arrayed in righteousness that is the righteousness of the Lamb. That said, to know and to be known by the forgiving love of God is also to know and to be drawn in the direction of the loving desires of God. Desires which are not, and Luther was passionate about this, desires which are not that I forget about all things on this earth, locked behind myself, behind the walls of a monastery or something, uh, to forget about this earth because I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so spiritual. I'm a saint. Heck, with this world, my eyes are on heaven. No, no, Luther did in various, many various ways say, what in the world are you doing staring at, in this world, staring at and striving for heaven? Heaven's in God's hands, and so are you. Believe that, and heaven will be there when you need it. But now, until then, don't turn your back on earth because your eyes are on heaven. Turn to the earth and fix your gaze on it with the eyes and the heart and the love and the good and healing works of heaven. And so both the Bible and the church do also use that word saints to talk about those who do do that, who as faithfully as they can faithfully live their lives in the direction of God's desires for the earth and for all people like the desires of Jesus described in those beautifully powerful words we heard in the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, not the vengeful. Blessed are those who hunger for what is right, not just what's right for me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know and thank God that there are things way more important than just me. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the warmongers or the vengeance seekers. Blessed are those, Jesus says, who do what is just and right, not just when it's easy or popular. Blessed are those who do what is just and right, even when it costs them something. It's not the Bible's primary use of the word saint. Like I told you, the Bible's primary use of the word saint is to describe sinners who know that they are sinners, but who know too the forgiving love of Jesus and have been washed clean in that love. But the Bible does nevertheless use that word saint to talk about, well, I want to say recovering sinners, if you will, who do do the things they do do to live in the direction of Jesus' loving desires for them and for all. They are some of our giants. Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther, Katharina von Bora Luther, <clears throat> Mother Teresa, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, St. Francis of Assisi, Pope Francis, St. Peter, St. Paul, not perfect, any of them, including even St. Mary, the mother of our Lord, <clears throat> not inerrant or infallible, any of them, sinners in need of forgiveness, all of them, but sinners who washed in the blood of the Lamb did so good in the world, and the good was a Jesus kind of good. And though, because in this world all saints worth their saintly salt do know that they are sinners, and so every true saint there's ever been in the history of the world would have no interest whatsoever in being lifted up as though they were something they weren't, 
But a day like All Saints Sunday nevertheless reminds us that we need to lift them up. Because you want to know why? Because this world won't live in the directions of God's desires for it until it has the right heroes. Which of course includes all of those heroes. In our cases also whose names aren't written in Bibles or history books for the Jesus kind of difference they made in the world but are rather written in each and every one of our hearts for the Jesus kind of difference they made in our lives. What faces flash in your mind when I say that and when I repeat that? That there are all those saints whose names aren't written in Bibles or history books for the Jesus kind of difference they made in the world but are rather written in each of every one of our hearts for the Jesus kind of difference they made in our lives. I think of the people whose faith I cannot separate from my own faith because every time I say I believe they are still saying it with me. Just as in certain times in my life when I couldn't say I believe, they were saying it for me. I think of people who over the years worshipped at my side and who are doing so still every time I worship even though they are not, so to speak, with us anymore. I think of people throughout my life including in all four of the uh, pastoral calls I've been blessed and honored to serve, people whose kindness touched me, whose prayers daily sustained me, whose compassion moved me, whose generosity inspired me, whose faithfulness in word and deed nurtured and grew and touched and blessed me. And you can think of those folks too, right? The people who the saints who, let's be clear, were not perfect and don't be going around thinking that they were and certainly don't be going around thinking that they should have been. Oh my gosh, no. The fact, I think, the fact is that we underappreciate, we maybe even insult and certainly misunderstand when we insist or convince ourselves that our spiritual heroes can only be our heroes if they had or have no flaws. People who have no flaws aren't our heroes. People who have no flaws are our fairy tales. Heroes are those through whom God's love and grace brought healing and hope to the world and to us, flaws and all. They are the saints whom the Bible and we first of all and above all know weren't perfect. They were imp imperfect for they were sinners named saints by the perfect and forgiving love of Jesus. But they were as well. The Bible knows and God knows and we when we were most deeply blessed by them came to know that they were as well saints. In the sense that they were and are also, if you will, recovering sinners who did do the things they did do and who do do the things they do in faithful and good ways to live life good by living it in the direction of the loving desires of Jesus. Which leads to a third way the Bible uses the word saints. 
You know those saints who are saints either in lists, in Bibles or history books, or in places in our hearts, the ones you've been thinking of, the people whom you have been thinking of as I've been picturing and describing people on my list and my heart, many of them, I'm sure this is true for all of our lists, many of those saints aren't here anymore, are they? They, uh, they aren't, so to speak, with us anymore, are they? Are they? That question takes us to the third way the Bible uses the word saints, and that is to refer to those who have finished the race before us. All Saints Sunday, we remember them, the saints who've died. But we remember them, even if tears run down our cheeks and fill our hearts, we remember them in the light of Jesus' promise that in him we have more than memories of the saints. We have hope. Hope that rests in the promise of the Lord of Easter, who promises that in Him we will see them again. On All Saints Sunday, I think of the people. More of them every year. That's why this day means more to me every year. More of them every week. Another dear one this week. I think of people whom I've said goodbye to. And I think of what they meant to me, and I give thanks for what they meant to me, but I also give thanks to the one whose promise is that in him they're not gone. They've gone home. And in him I will, and it surely will be great to see them again. And in the meantime, there is, in ways that I don't understand, but have increasingly come to believe, in ways I do not understand, but nevertheless do believe I can sometimes feel in ways I do not understand, but nevertheless do believe, have at times been what has been sustaining me. There is ever somehow the communion of saints. A mystical, but nevertheless very real, because sometimes I think with the limits of our human perspective, the most real things there are are, are, are the things that in our limited perspective can only be mystical. Like the mystical, but I believe very real connection that exists between all the saints in this life and the next, in heaven and on earth, for here and now, there and forever is the communion of saints reaching from here to forever and reaching from forever to here. Calling all people home to heaven one day and home to the love and mercy and ways of the kingdom of heaven here on earth every day. Amen.